What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Household and Homestead. I'm Pastor Stewart. This is Pastor Brandon. Good to yep, see y'all yep. dropping into the feed. David, Kobe, Kevin, welcome, guys. Good to see all of y'all. Today we're talking about a handful of different things. Uh, before we get into all that stuff, though, you know, how's life? COVID-19 quarantine parties. How's everything well, you got to be okay? careful, I've heard. If, if you say the, uh, you know, that thing you just said, we'll you, get censored. Oh, really? You, I've heard if you mention certain uh, names of certain viruses. That we'll uh, get shadow banned. Things happen. Really? The algorithm does not shine uh, okay. nicely. On then we you. won't talk about that which that must which not be named. <laughs> <laughs> we'll heretofore refer to it as Voldemort. <laughs> well, so far I only know one person that has had a Voldemort. In the last several weeks, yes. personally, 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 so. But I, I will say that God has been faithful to the Neely clan. Yeah, and uh, even though the um, you know times are tough and things seem to be a little scary out there, we have been staying busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know what the future holds. Mm. I can't help but to think that um, small businesses. Small family-run businesses are being, you know, shut down all over our nation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I read a statistic recently that near 50% of employees are employed by small businesses. Hmm. We know how many people are applying for unemployment. We know about all of this um, inflationary spending. Yeah, it's something. Trillion-dollar packages and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is going to have long-lasting economic impact on our society mm. and nobody knows honestly this has never happened in american history as far as i know that right you know, in an entire swath of independent you know small business owners have been shut down the corporations seem to be still rolling right you know maybe just doing a few cutbacks here and there right they have teams of lawyers that know how to access the subsidies and whatnot right but right. man these small businesses are getting hit hard right they're running out of stuff we don't know fast. what's going to happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i'm trying to use this time to prepare as best as i can mm-hmm. as a, a christian in my own heart as a family and um and financially that's we're using some of this time to really think through how to let's pad that emergency fund oh yeah right let's no build doubt. it out Let's get no our doubt. house, uh, the infrastructure of our house ready. Let's get the house paid off. <laughs> oh, get, boy, that's, get that debt paid off, get that house paid off. No joke. I've really been, uh, and so on a small detail, I've been working on the coupe to end all coupes. I have the coupe. The coupe d'etat. Well, I was chicken coupe. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about a coup. Oh, this, a thing, this thing is going to be. The Rolls Royce of chicken coops. So explain it to me. Like, what are the what are well, the? It's like a little house, basically. Okay. Of course, when my daughters get involved, um, they want to make it pretty. They're ready to paint it. I have to put little, you know, decorations in the windows. <laughs> These chickens are going to be living in a palace. <laughs> what they don't know is once I get those chickens moved into their new coop, you know, that makes room for other livestock mm. in the current chicken. The current chicken coop is really a a stall for sheep and goats. Oh, so, okay, okay. Man, I was just telling my son this morning, because we're out there, we're in the country, we're kind of experiencing a freedom. Mm. Um, that's, it's hard to put into words. And I'm telling, I was telling him this morning, if we can 
educate ourselves or educate ourselves with a, a group of other like-minded Christian families. Yeah, yeah. If we can um, feed ourselves or do so with the help of a few local friends, mm. you know, if we can do certain things, we become more and more free. Right. Um, and we can trust God to bless our labors in all of this. Mm. It's, so it's, it's really just, there's a lot here. It's deep. Yeah. It's but, not just two guys talking about raising chickens. <laughs> no, no. This show, it's something that's going on in, in my heart and your heart and in, in the hearts of Christians all over this nation. Yeah. And so... You're seeing a lot of people who are, I, I don't know about, I mean, like, on my social media feeds that I, you know, scroll through from time to time or... Um, things on television you see a lot more people thinking this way right now about oh yeah being a little bit more out there being a little bit more free having a little bit more control over That's their it. land maybe they want to move out to a place where they can actually buy a little piece of property and kind of do a few things like it's it's an interesting little yeah, shift that's we, got, we got a lot to say about all of that and this, yeah. this show today is going to be all about that sort of the the Ooh. philosophy of it mm. the the vision of it of the successful household i like that. but i heard um You've got uh, some ponds over at your new place. Oh yeah, got got some fish in there. N- well, maybe I'm I'm working on getting the fish population back up. So at first I thought it was completely dead; nothing was still alive in it. Yeah. And then I looked in one of the so my pond is completely covered in duckweed. If you don't know what duckweed is, it's this grass like mildew, almost like stuff yeah. that completely Floating covers the whole thing. Weed. Little tiny plants, itty bitty mm-hmm. like a centimeter or so, and they're completely covering the pond except for one little corner. Hmm. And in that one little corner, I saw the minnows. And at first I thought, they're just tadpoles, that's nothing significant. And I got close and I stared at them. If anybody saw me for while I was doing this, they probably thought I was nuts. But I'm staring at the pond for probably a solid There's five, life. ten minutes. And there they were. And I'm like, there's fish so in there. So if you here. have bait fish, there's, maybe you have some uh, predators. There's stuff in there. But if so. not, you can stock it with brim and bass. That's a good combination. That's right. I'd be surprised if you didn't have a catfish or two, but I, that's I what suppose I'm thinking. you would see them jumping occasionally. I think it's full of black catfish. I think yeah. that's really what's... Because black catfish can live in just about in just anything. just about anything. You're yeah. right. And so what I've worked on for the last three days, two days, was digging a trench, which ditch digging is shockingly difficult. I just We need to say that out loud. <laughs> in my house growing up, everybody said, well, if you don't go to school, you're just going to dig ditches for the rest yeah, of your you're life. you're going to be seeing the chiropractor soon. Oh, well, my back is super tight. And then I actually did it, and it is shockingly hard. Because yes. I need to dig a ditch and lay a piece of PVC pipe to drain the pond occasionally whenever mm-hmm. it gets to a certain height. And that's going to help take the duckweed off the top yeah. as it just keeps sending it right out. I'm going to add a fountain and stuff like that too mm-hmm. later. Keep it's the be fun. water moving. But, but you could have, ugh. I mean, I'm sure this is in the vision. You could have a supply of fish going there. Exactly. If you really work it, you could farm that pond. I, I think it could be really cool. Really, really yeah. cool. So we'll see. We'll see what winds up going on with everything. But that's been the thing we've been working on lately. My, uh, you ever heard of... Angora rabbits before? No, Angora rabbits. Angora. I got to turn off my phone. People are blowing me up. Here. <laughs> they got questions. They got no, questions. I can't believe Angora rabbits. Angora rabbits. So this is interesting. So my daughter, she's into knitting right now, mm-hmm. and the only thing she knits right now is like the scarves for her dolls and stuff like that. That's right. that's her thing. And when you think knit, you think wool, you think sheep. Okay, mm-hmm. and to keep sheep. It's a pain. You've, you kept sheep for a little yes. while. Yeah. It's not exactly the simplest thing, and they're easy victims for predators and mm-hmm. hard to contain in certain ways. There's these rabbits called Angora rabbits that literally have wool on them, like that you can turn into yarn and all kinds of stuff. I'm, 
I'm totally into this. My wife is a little concerned about me right now because Look, I want to raise we'll rabbits go, we'll for We'll go wool. on this rabbit journey together. <laughs> oh, We're, uh, my son has got a book every day. He's checking the mail. He's waiting for his book on raising rabbits. Oh, snap. I have, he has a big, long list of chores today when I came over here. And on the way out, he came to the window of the car, and he's like, if my book comes in, can I read it? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> we've already built the rabbit hutches. Oh, and, um, okay. But I told him, I said, you have to, we've got to get all the book knowledge we can. Mm. I want him to see a field and exercise dominion over that field. Okay. Even okay. if one day, of course, he's not going to be a rabbit farmer. Sure. Probably not. <laughs> But he's learning how to exercise dominion over a field. Mm -hmm. It's a field of study. Right. It's not a literal field, but you understand the analogy. He's exercising dominion over a field. He's learning about it. He's learning a new skill. I I think that's going to translate to whatever he is when he becomes a man. Right. And so maybe it is a rabbit farmer. I actually hear there's a lot of money in that, but Hmm. we'll see. All right. So he's he's learning all of these skills, these trades. And so we'll go on this rabbit... um, journey together you get the angle on a rabbit trail we're going for american chinchilla which is a um critically endangered species but you can use them for meat and uh, also the hides there's a lot of different things there okay and so anyway we're not going to talk about rabbits all day (laughs) rabbit trailing (laughs) (laughs) nailed it sorry that was embarrassing (laughs) yeah today we're going to talk about the successful household a successful Which household. potentially might raise rabbits. Could. At least one of them. I mean, we'll see what happens. Rabbits are quality white meat, low in cholesterol, and almost no fat. That's what I've read. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people who are into nutrition and eating healthy, they, they know that uh, rabbit meat is okay. very healthy, and it's good fried, I hear. Uh, okay, okay. So, anyway, I'm, we're I'm rabbit ahead. trailing again. All right. <laughs> what we're talking about today is sort of the foundational level. Okay. I mean, we're talking fundamentals here. Okay. I'm wanting to build sort of the vision for everything that we're discussing. Okay. Because there's, there's people in our church or perhaps tuning in from other churches that hear this discussion, and I know what they're thinking. You know, where's the Bible verse for that? You know, mm-hmm. where's the Bible verse for raising chickens? <laughs> you know, what are these pastors doing talking about these things? Right. You know, right. why are they wasting everybody's time with this? And I want to show people that the gospel applies to all of life. Mm. I want to try to lay out the vision for this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not easy because a lot of these things I'm entering into and you're entering into intuitively, you know, it, it takes time to articulate a vision for something. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. you've been doing for a while is sort of a hunch. Yeah. You know, it, takes a t- it takes time to sort of develop, okay, what was I thinking? Why are other people doing this? Mm-hmm. What's fundamental to this? Right. How is this connected to the scriptures and to the way God would have us live? And so mm-hmm. we're new to this concept, mm-hmm. um, but I'm wanting to lay out that vision, really. Okay. The vision that the Bible has for successful households, and, um, and of course, a successful homestead is one of the freest manifestations of a household. Mm, I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're free in ways that others aren't because they can turn land into food. Right. And they can do it anywhere. So the successful household. Um, we'll start with a quote. Okay. Right. It's from Baron DeVries. In 1968. Okay. So 
he says this. He says, the family-owned and operated farm is the last remnant of the atomistic society. Adam- right. Let's explain that. Okay, yeah. okay. Atomistic. So we have this person. He's, he's setting his sights on the family-owned and operated farm. Okay. So we're talking like, you know, 30 acres, 100 acres, 20-acre farms. Right. Owned by a family, a household. It's going to be managed operated. by you and the kids. Got to yeah. have employees. It can have the kids. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's family-owned and operated. It's yep. not a corporation. Okay. With lobbyists in Washington D.C., you know, cutting themselves and appealing to their bail mm-hmm. um, for rain and for, for you know fertility. This is a family run. They know you know other local families and other local farms, and they know the sheriff, and he protects their property. And it's a locally owned, family owned, operated farm. It's basically society if you just go back a hundred years or so. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's saying that this is a remnant of an atomistic society. You know, atoms, the individual particles that make up the whole. Right. What he's saying right. is the old way was society comprised of smaller parts, each and every one of them um, operating as, as a government, you know, mm-hmm. as a, a special jurisdiction. He's okay. basically describing a Christian society. Okay. One that believes in the, the government of a family. Mm coming together with a church in a small town and local government. Yeah, this sounds, this sounds a lot like what we talked about in God on Government a few weeks ago, the very localistic yeah, society. that's right. It has balance of power. Mm-hmm. It has division of power. And it has at the top of it God, who is in charge of planning society. Mm-hmm. We leave the future to God and his vision for progress. Okay. So hopefully these words are helping, you know, trigger or not trigger but ring some bells for people so it's not really up to us in other words help me let me see if i'm saying this right it's not we're not trying to build utopia necessarily we're not carrying that burden on ourselves what we're saying is we're going to look to what the what the lord has said in his words and we're going to follow the blueprint that he's laid out that's right we to obey god be faithful to him okay. trust him and um and allow him to determine the future for society mm. so we're talking big picture this guy is a a a central planner. Okay. This guy is an expert. Mm-hmm. And, and what he says is, he says is that the family-owned and operated farm is the last remnant of this atomistic, local, free, um, balanced society. Hmm. He says it's a society of the last century. And then, listen to this, he says it must be brought under organization. See, hmm. this, is, this is essential. Um, Western civilization, whether we're talking the Soviet Union or the United States, has seen the birth of this humanistic um, gospel that man, collective man, especially under the power of the civil government, Mm -hmm. can own all the property, can own all the income, can, um, can degrade families into individuals or units. Mm Mm-hmm. And through collective planning, through collective organization, through bureaucracy, policy, program, create basically a, a, a future of progress and hope and blessing. So if anyone knows anything about communistic political theory, or Marxist or socialistic, whether it be different types of socialism, if anyone knows anything about humanism, Humanism is the idea that man, whether it's individual man or collective man, can come together and through his own planning, through power, 
can create a future utopian society, can create heaven on earth, a tower of Babel, if okay. you will. Okay. This is, this is what he's saying. He's saying the family-owned and operated farm is the last bastion of freedom from this. Mm. It has to be collectivized. It has to be taken and, and come under like sort of a centralization. Maybe it would be corporation, mm. something larger in scale, more manageable, something that um, large governments can have their tentacles into mm. and regulate and control. Because it's a threat to centralism because it is it's so independent. It is a threat so to centralization because it can educate itself, feed itself, govern itself. Mm. It doesn't need a bail. Mm. It doesn't need a, an a, a illegitimate savior. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. This, this is why Stalin killed off 13 million farmers, hmm. peasant farmers, and confiscated their land. Because they were independent. He, yes. He, he, believed, he believed that um, through central planning and through centralization of the agricultural industry that he could feed people better. And we know where that led to. Well, and the same thing happened in China. Like the strong, a strong argument could be made that we're in the, the Voldemort crisis right now in the the crisis we're in right now because of centralization of farming in and agriculture in china hold that i'm going to shut this door real quick okay go ahead i'm going to keep talking so the idea is that um however many hundreds of years ago china took over all the farms that they had and they said no the state will produce the food for the people that will no longer be independently farmed and then as a direct result guess what happened they didn't have enough food for people and so these wet markets were born. If you don't know what a wet market is, it's this like really bizarre kind of butcher shop, butcher shop system that is set up in China right now. These wet markets were born out of people taking that power back for themselves. China said, we can't feed enough people, households. Now you can grow some food again because you need to help feed yourselves. And people started raising poppers foods in their backyards like they're like starving they're desperate farming turtles or right. you know like maybe bats or what something people like on, that. In a, on a survivor a survivalist show have to eat that's right you know, yeah. raw turtle and right other, you know right because they don't have anything else and so today those you know they don't those, have land all that stuff came from communist china deciding that they were going to shut down all the farms it's, it's, it's the, a very interesting thing there. yeah well i know that when you turn to a, a savior other than the lord when you turn to an illegitimate savior for provision you never get what you, you know, you, you, never, you never actually get a good bargain out of that. Hmm. You only uh, always receive slavery. You, you turn to them to provide for you instead of the work of your own hands and the, the blessings of your own Lord. Hmm. And mm-hmm. what they end up doing mm-hmm. is they promise they're going to exchange your freedom for security. But in the end, you only get dominated. Which is exactly what's happening right now. It's, it's, it really is, I do believe, and we're talking big picture here, right. but I really do believe right. this is sort of what is happening or has happened for a long time now in mm-hmm. our nation. We don't even realize, Christians don't realize how much freedom we've lost. Hmm. Christians think that this topic of discussion is um, ridiculous. Hmm. And so, but we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> I, so let me just get back to our, our main focus here. Okay. You have these two visions for society. Okay. One is centralization. Okay. Um, controls through, uh, through a civil government, through those with the power of the gun or the sword, mm-hmm. versus a localized um, vision for society. Hmm. You, 
with men and, and women making families and owning their own property mm-hmm. and working and by the sweat of their brow eating and getting to keep the fruits of their labors mm-hmm. and trusting in God and joining together with their neighbors and their other local people and, and God designing society at large. You have these two visions. I think biblically we can you kind of think of one as the Ahab vision okay. and the other is Naboth. If you know the story in the Old Testament, Naboth had private property given him by God. His family had had it for generations. Mm -hmm. It was his vineyard. Naboth wanted to collectivize that. Naboth wanted to nationalize his his vineyard. I'm I'm sure along with all other sorts of vineyards. Ahab Ahab. had a vision. Ahab had a vision for society of um, exercising eminent domain and taking the private property of these locally owned farms mm-hmm. and 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 these two sort of visions for society are at war today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and one is sorely losing unfortunately um the christian gospel promotes progress or success mm-hmm. through godly men free men working hard eating the fruit of their own labors and trusting in god to plan society you see in that plan man remains free Free from uh, strings, free from in, intrusion of illegitimate um, sovereigns. Mm-hmm. Not only free, but responsible and accountable. The, the other plan is so attractive because while you have to give up your freedom, at least in their own mind, you also don't have to have as much responsibility or as much, mm. as much accountability. That's so the alluring. Uh, that's the alluring, you know, shine of slavery. It plays on the the mm. temptation for passivity. Yes, very much, mm. very much. Um, and what we want to see really blossom here with this show are families who can govern themselves, mm-hmm. educate themselves, mm-hmm. um, govern themselves, and educate themselves according to all that the Scripture commands. Mm-hmm. And, boy, if we really could have something wonderful, get to the point where we could feed ourselves. Hmm. We had the skills to turn land. Or, or we had a, a, a group of people who understood this. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a level of freedom that our great-grandparents had mm-hmm. and enjoyed mm-hmm. that we no longer experience. Right. Um, I'd like to at least, even if it's just as a teaching lesson, let my children experience this sort of a freedom, yeah. like psychologically even. Right. Even though I know my land is, has a property tax on it, mm-hmm. and they could take it from me at any point in time. Right. I know that all the income that I make is all taxed. Right. My work is taxed. My income is taxed. Meanwhile, non-work and non-profit is, is, is uh, subsidized. Mm-hmm. I mean, how is that going to work for us? Right. I know that all that's happening in the, in the background. But at least my children get to experience what it's like to, to live free. Mm-hmm. That's what I want them to have that experience, even if it's just a teaching lesson, even mm-hmm. if it's not fundamentally real right. because of all the strings attached to my family that they don't necessarily see. Mm. Um, today, this vision of a free household is completely under attack. It's been under attack for, you know, decades, centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this new Voldemort virus, <laughs> right, um, work is being halted, especially by small, independently owned businesses, mm-hmm. right? Work right. is being halted. 
which means, and the Bible says, by the sweat of your brow, by work, is fruit, food produced, a.k.a. wealth. Mm-hmm. And so if work is halted, wealth is halted. Mm-hmm. And what's coming in to, to fix the problem? The government. Money. Mm. As if you can create wealth through politics. As if you can create wealth through... Um, a printing press. Printing. <laughs> you can't. Money right. can only be created. Wealth can only be created through work. Mm-hmm. They tax worth. They tax work. They tax wealth. And now they're going to produce it. This is not going to bode well. Mm-hmm. But the, the individual household is under attack with this. I, I do believe that individual, independent, small businesses are not historically massive government um, intrusion, massive government um, subsidies, benefits larger corporations, not the individual family. I don't have a team of lawyers to figure out all this paperwork. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't have access. I don't have a lobbyist. You see, this is going to hurt the free household. Mm-hmm. We also know about property tax, mm-hmm. completely unbiblical. What happens if you don't pay your property they tax? They take it. You they're going to come get your house. But what if your mortgage is paid off and Doesn't you actually matter. own it? No, they're going to take it, bro. But, gonna... Well, I mean, what if when you hand it down to your children, they can't afford to pay the property tax? Or the inheritance tax, by the way. Are they going to take, take it? Yeah, you now, lose it. What is the property tax based on? It's based on the tax assessment. Mm-hmm. And guess what the tax assessment always does? It increases. As inflation increases, the tax assessment increases. So as the tax assessment of your property goes up, if you pass it down to your children and you're not able to create an income, the economy goes bad or there's a difficulty, or if they just want to hold the land and not work it for a season, mm-hmm. immediately you have, to, you have to sell it off to developers. You have to split it up. Or you have to turn it over to a more powerful entities. Hmm. Property tax is one of the ways the family is being assaulted. Hmm. We, it's almost impossible to hand anything down to your children now. It's almost impossible to build up the power or wealth of a household because of the taxation. And even if you pass down money to them, the money is fiat. Right. The money doesn't have work behind it. Right. It doesn't represent anything. Right. And it becomes inc- if they just stick it under a mattress, it's going to become increasingly less and less valuable. Right. That's right. So it's, it's, we're under attack. The household mm. is under attack. Feminism. What does feminism do? It says no hierarchy in the family. Everybody's on level playing field. Everybody's flat. Mm-hmm. S- feminism and statism, humanism, teach that children belong to the state, that they're not actually under the authority of their parents. Mm. Most Christian parents don't even understand that they're the boss. <laughs> right? They're the ones right. supposed to enforce the law of God. But you know what feminism doesn't do? It doesn't say there's no hierarchy in government. Oh, no, no, no. There's still hierarchy there. It doesn't say there's no hierarchy in the military. Still hierarchy. It doesn't say there's no hierarchy in corporations. No, no, no. There's just no hierarchy in the family hmm. because they don't want the family to be productive. Hmm. Productive organizations have bosses, and, and they have leaders and followers and hierarchy. It makes them more organized, more productive. Right. They want to fly, They want to destroy all of this. Hmm. Secularism, humanism, feminism, all the things going on in our society are totally at odds against the household. And if you and I wanted to be really successful, shiny pastors, we would, <laughs> we would join the club. Right. We wouldn't talk about this stuff. Right. You know, we'd keep things simple, talk about, you know, bottom shelf stuff, talk a lot about our feelings and th- things inside of our hearts. Get our paycheck. Get the paycheck. 
get the audience, grow it big with mm. personality, with charisma, with gimmicks. Right. But no, we've got to, we're rowing against the tide. Mm-hmm. We've got to invest in and build up the household. That's what this show is all about, even though it's under attack. Mm. Amen? Amen. And not just build it up, but make it successful. Ooh. Make it successful. Make it successful. That's right. So what do we do? Like, so the household is under attack. We see that, we see that it's coming. What do we take? How do we, how do we take these steps of, of true biblical process, progress? You know, yeah. what's, what do we do? What how do we, we do? make it successful? Well, this show, this, honestly, every one of these shows is about the successful household. But I think what we should do today is point out that God wants the household to be successful too. Hmm. God wants families to be successful. God wants you to work hard, eat the fruit of your labors, your own property, gain an inheritance, pass it down to your children. God wants all of these things for us. He wants us to be successful. Watch, I, I got a couple of uh, passages for you. Go ahead. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. God says to uh, the nation of Israel, and this is one of the promises that God gives to his people. All of the promises of God find their yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Um, we are, the, the church is, Christians are, the true Israel, the children of Abraham. This promise is for us as well. But listen to this. He says, if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, if you obey God, what does that mean? If you obey the Bible, mm-hmm. if you obey his commandments. The voice of the Lord your God, his words. His words, right. that's right. The statutes of the Lord are your delight. If you obey, being careful to do all of his commandments... The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of earth. We have here one of the many, many, many promises in Scripture that if you are faithful to the Lord, trust in Him and obey Him, He will reciprocate. Hmm. He'll take care of you. He'll bless you. Righteousness, that is obedience to the law of God, exalts a nation. Amen? Amen. But Pastor Brandon, you're sounding a lot like uh, some of those prosperity guys here. Hold on now. What's right. the difference? What's the difference? Well, the prosperity guys, um, they think of God as a mechanistic, pantheistic machine, so to speak, not mm. as a heavenly father. Mm. That if you do the right things, pull the right you know, levers, push the right buttons, that you get health, wealth, and prosperity and for the purpose of consuming, consuming it upon your lusts. Right. Right. Sweet jets. God is not a machine. This is not a, like a, a force that can be manipulated. But mm. he is a covenantal father who does good for his children mm. and gives good gifts to men. Mm. And this is the, the concept that the Bible lays out all over is that God is good. He's faithful. He wants to do well for us. He wants to bless us. He wants to rain manna from heaven upon us. But we must trust him. We must obey him. I mean, consider the Proverbs, for example. When you open up Proverbs chapter 1, this is what it says. Listen to this. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom. Thank you, Lord. I'll take that. Does he want what's best for us? Does he want us to do well and have life skills and know how the world works? Yeah, he has a whole book dedicated for the purpose (laughs) of us getting some wisdom. And instruction to understand words of insight. Thank you. I'll have that. To receive instruction in wise dealing, Mm. in righteousness, in justice, and in equity. To give prudence to the simple. I'm simple. You're simple. Right. Prudence, justice, righteousness, equity, these are 
big ticket items. Right, right. But we can go to the book of Proverbs as simple people and learn prudence. We have access to this. Even as, as young men or, or young women, the youth, the book of Proverbs promises knowledge and discretion. Does God want us to be successful? I feel like it's a question that shouldn't even have to be asked. Right, he, right. He gives us, here's wisdom. Here's this, and it, this is not even to mention the fact that these are the Proverbs of Solomon. Mm-hmm. Anyone who read this would mm-hmm. have thought, oh, you mean that internationally famous, wealthy, wise man? who built one of the most uh, amazing kingdoms on the earth has ever known, his, his wisdom, his proverbs? You know, so you're saying that I can have access to the very same wisdom that he had access to? I mean, every, everyone knows that though it's not explicitly mentioned right here in verse 1, that the rest of the book of Proverbs talks about wealth, talks about inheritance, it talks about saving, talks about money mm-hmm. because God is showing us how to be successful in mm. all areas of life. The, 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 the secrets, if you will, that Solomon had, that the queen of Sheba heard about and came from far off because of it, mm-hmm. those secrets are not secrets anymore. They're revealed to the simple. Through the book of Proverbs. Through the book of Proverbs. And, but the book of Proverbs is just like little summaries and dis distillations mm-hmm. it's a distillery of the laws of god mm. of the commandments of god it's just unpacking it for us and putting it in poetical snippets so we can understand it it's really the whole bible teaches us how to follow christ in all of life and the path of following christ is not automatically healthy wealthy and filled with prosperity right. but it's covenantally a place of blessing we don't determine the results but we are told by God he wants us to be successful. He wants to show us how. He gives us access to everything that Solomon had. Mm-hmm. He gives us the whole Bible, and he says, if you'll be faithful to obey my commandments, I'll exalt you. Mm. He calls the, the Christians, he calls the church a city on a hill. Mm-hmm. That's not a ghetto. It's not a breadline communist regime. You know, This is an attractive, bustling blessed, abundantly blessed society mm-hmm. of, of regenerated hearts, men operating in families and in local towns and in churches. This is what God's vision for society is. Mm. Jesus says it like this. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things. All what added. things will be added to us? What's, Paul, what's Jesus talking about there? Well, it goes on and he says, don't be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. Consider the lilies of the field. You know, they don't worry about it and they have clothes. Mm-hmm. Consider the birds of the air. You know, he goes through that whole right. list. He says, food, clothing, shelter. I will, I will provide all these things for you. Does Jesus mean seek first the kingdom of God and, and its righteousness, which means the laws of the kingdom, justice as it re- is revealed by the laws of God? Does he mean do these things and I'll just make sure you barely make it and you don't die of starvation? That's not what he means. You're going to be clothed like a lily. You're going to, you're going to be so much more than the lilies or the sparrows. And what's the purpose of him adding all these things to us? That we can get fat and happy and consume it on our lusts? No, that we would then in turn continue with those assets to seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Mm. That we would work alongside of the spirit to advance the kingdom. Mm. 
The whole point is this. There's two visions for society. Success through rejecting God, centralizing all power under the state, mm-hmm. and then there's God's plan of faithful, free men and women, women working hard, eating the fruits of their own labors, building up their families, building up churches, building up society, you know, advancing the kingdom of God, letting God be the central planner, letting God be the one who sets the vision for society. Mm. Those are the two plans, and this whole show is about being successful in one of those. Yeah. Successful in the household. Right. So the, in both of those plans, there's still a, you know, we could say it this way, there's still a God. It's just either you or the government. We're not following the one true God and his ways that he's laid down in his words for us to follow. We're saying, no, I've got a better idea. Let's give over our freedom. Right. Right. I'm going to run this direction. I'm going to go. Well, a Baal in the Old Testament, a Baal meant owner or Lord. Mm. They turned to the Baals for what? For fertility. Right. Right. For family, for children, for uh, For harvest. good harvest in the crops, yep. Right? We don't turn to Baals. We are faithful to do what God calls us to do mm-hmm. as families, as men, as women, and we trust in him to bring the harvest. So what if what if I'm following what the Lord says to do and and the harvest that year is not so great and things are tight and maybe maybe we're wondering if the farm's even gonna stay open anymore. I'm using a farming analogy, sure, just bear sure. with me. Like am I doing something wrong then? Like do I need to say, Oh no, I haven't I haven't done it right enough? No, it's not automatic. We still do live in a fallen world. But I would say this, that God has provided the means to take care of us. Mm. It's prophesied that in the church, in the community of God, that the poor would not be named among them. Mm. That coming together, they they would take care of each other. They'd be in covenant with one another. Right. That those with extra would share with those who were in need. Right. And the same can be true today. The same can be true today. Yeah. Um. Let's give this gospel analogy right at the end. Consider how far God has gone to ensure that we can be successful in life, that we can obey his laws, that we can follow the Proverbs. I mean, consider the Proverbs. Some of those are hard to follow. Sure. In and of our own selves, we don't have the strength to do these things. Right. But he sent his son into this world that he might be crucified, purchasing our atonement, Mm. that he might be raised up by the spirit of God the first fruits of the new creation. Mm. And then it says that spirit, which was given to Christ or the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is given to Christians in order that we might live life with resurrection power, Mm. that we might walk in newness of life, that we might be faithful to obey all that he has commanded. Taking out of hearts of stone and giving us hearts of flesh, the law written upon our hearts. That's right. So that we can delight in the law so that we have the power, resurrection power to do his will. Right. And then what does he do in return? He blesses us in return. He wants us to be successful in life. Mm. He wants us to be able to walk the path of righteousness. He wants to shine a lamp for our feet and a light to our path to show us how to live. And he gives us the power to do it. Mm. So that's the vision for this entire show. So Wait. Really? We got to go back. All right. It's not just that he's saying, here's the rules, follow them or else. It's not that. It's that he said, here's the rules, you can't do it, I will change you so that you can. That's, that's some powerful stuff right there. Amen. You know? Amen. That's oh. the beauty of the gospel. Right. Where the law was once a condemnation to us mm. because of the weakness of the flesh, now the law is, a, is good news to us. It's a guide. We can say with, with David, I delight 
in yeah, your laws. It is. Hmm. I mean, and and if we obey, like just take a simple example. There are rules in the scriptures concerning the relationship between a husband and a wife. If you follow those rules, and you can only do it by the power of the Spirit, mm. or else you're dominated by your lusts or dominated by your hormones. Mm-hmm. But if by the power of the Spirit of God, given to us on account of the gospel, we keep God's design for marriage, right? Stay faithful to one another. The end result will be increased blessings. Mm. You can, that can be proven statistically. Sure. That marriage, faithful marriages with a mom and a dad in a home is the number one factor in children growing up with wealth and success. Mm. That can be proven statistically. It's just how the world is set up and God shows us how it works. Right. Man wants to collectivize, to centralize, and in pride build up society according to what they think will work. That's the same thing that happened with the Tower of Babel. That's exactly right. But this whole show is about building up the household in order that we might be faithful to God's commandments in the power of the Spirit of God and enjoy his blessings. Mm. Amen? Amen. That's exciting stuff. Awesome. I hope that makes sense to folks. Yeah, guys, absolutely. And thank you guys again so much for being with us here today. I hope that you can take this episode. It was, what, episode three, I think? I don't episode know. three or four, know. somewhere in there. I hope that you can take this and lay this as a foundation trajectory for your household, for your family, for, for the direction that you want to head. I encourage you to continue to join in with us as we continue to talk through these topics about about that freedom, both to be free from the centralization authority that's right both to be free from them but also to be free to obey the true authority to walk according to his ways and delight in him so if you guys have questions or anything like that ever feel free to drop those in the comments Um, i'm glad that you guys are joining in with us don't forget we're going to have this dropped onto our sermon audio stream later today you can go to sermonaudio.com and search we are christ church and you'll find all of our podcast episode there we're working on new feeds by the way separate feeds for our uh, separate shows that we've got going on tomorrow. We've got God and Government. Amen. Right. Yep. Eleven yep. o'clock Wednesdays. 11 o'clock. God and Government. Uh, so tune in for that as well. And uh, it's been great to be with you guys. If you've got any questions or anything like that, feel free to email me, Stuart S T U A R T at wearechristchurch.com, and I'd be more than happy to answer any and all of those. Amen. Uh, thanks, Pastor Brandon. Appreciate yep. you as always. Thank you guys so much for joining with us, and we will see y'all again next time. Next time.